This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Good morning. Hey, today is a special day because we get to celebrate uh, two sacraments together today, baptism and communion. Uh, The word sacrament comes from the Greek word mystery. And uh, as we apply it to our practice of baptism uh, and communion, it's not mystery in the sense of a problem that has to be solved. Uh, It's mystery in the sense of something that is present, that is real, but is revealed to us. And so in the sacrament of baptism, uh, we remember the Apostle Paul's words where he said, it's by grace you're saved through faith, not of, not of yourself, that no one can boast. And so we enter into the mystery of Christ's death in His resurrection, our identifying with Christ in His death and in His resurrection life, as well as our identification as the body of Christ, those who by faith have received Him into their life, who know Him and whose hope is in Him. And so when we come to baptism and a person who uh, has made a profession of faith is baptized, that's a response to looking back at what God has done in their life. And it is an act of obedience because the Lord commands us to be baptized. And so a person who is a believer who is baptized is looking back and is acknowledging the work and the grace of God that brought them to that place where they professed faith in Christ. And in obedience to Christ, they are acknowledging to all their identity with Christ's death and resurrection and their their unity with Him and the body of Christ. Now, when we bring an infant to baptism, the focus is still on God's grace. But rather than looking back to what God has done, it's looking forward to what God is doing and will do. You see, God's grace is active in the life of the church. And God, through His Holy Spirit, is working through the church in the life of the child to bring that child to the place where they then profess faith in Jesus Christ. So whether we're looking back or we're looking forward, we're looking and celebrating the grace of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit, the community of faith as we gather together and celebrate what we have in common. And that is a great salvation that's made possible only through God's grace and His work through Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we are going to bring Robert James... Um, to baptism. And in doing so, uh, we are going to acknowledge a unique hope that only we have as Christians, that through the ongoing work of God's grace in His life, through this believing community, our hope is that as He is identified with Christ in this believing community, that someday, because of the grace of God at work in His life, that's called prevenient grace, by the way, all right, he will make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And so let's come on forward. The Clancy family, as they come forward.
Robert, James, Mike and Sarah, William and Jacob, little brothers, big brothers. Yeah, okay. big brothers. Yeah. And uh, the Carlsons, the Smiths, and Natasha, okay, we're all here um, for this event. Hi, Robert James, how are you? He's, uh-huh, who is that guy? Well, Sarah and Mike, today you are bringing Robert, your son, to the church for the sacrament of holy baptism. We rejoice in God's promises to those taking this significant step of faith. um, Let us hear baptism's promise and call, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so, in just a moment, as we uh, baptize Robert James, again, in baptism, we are seeing an outward sign of an inward and invisible grace of God's redemption promises. And so, uh, Mike and Sarah... I have a few questions I want to ask you. Do you desire that Robert be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? So answer, we do. We do. Okay. Proclaiming this covenant with Jesus Christ, do you renounce all the power of evil and declare your opposition to a way of life in contradiction to the gospel? So answer, we do. We do. Relying on God's grace, do you promise to teach the Word of God to your Son? to pray for Him in every way so that He may become a true disciple and follower of Jesus Christ. So answer, we do. Okay. And empowered by the Holy Spirit, do you promise to enable Robert to participate fully in the life of this local body of Christ, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? So answer, we do. Okay. So sponsors... All you who are standing here, do you, as sponsors, promise to pray for and support these parents in the promises they have made, as well as to pray for and help this child to confess the Christian faith as his or her own? And that's our hope. We do. All right. Congregation, will you stand? The nurture of Robert cannot be assumed by parents and sponsors alone. Since we are members of one another in the fellowship of the church, the responsibility of caring for the newly baptized must be shared by all. In receiving and caring for Robert, will you as members of the church of Jesus Christ do your part by word and deed with love and prayer to guide and to nurture Robert encouraging him to know and follow Jesus Christ and caring for him as Christ's own? If so, say, with God's help, we will. God's help, we will. Amen. Please be seated. Okay. Let's pray. God, our Creator and Redeemer, You have called us from death to new life, 
We thank you for your saving love in Jesus Christ our Lord, for this sacrament of grace and what it means to the church. And we baptize with water. Please, Lord, you baptize with the Holy Spirit. As we speak, let it be your word. As we act, let us do your work in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. Come on over here with Robert James. Mike, you want to come on over? All right. We're just going to put his head over. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Mike. All right. There we go. Let's put it down here. Yeah, no, he doesn't. There you go. Robert James Clancy. I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. There you go. Okay. And if the sponsors want to just gather around Robert James and Mike and Sarah and just lay hands on him, we're going to pray. Robert James, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Through the covenant of grace, Robert is now received into the nurture and care of the Christian church. See what great love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. And that's what we are. Let me pray over Robert now. Lord, we thank You for Robert. Father, we thank You that today, on the day of his baptism, that You are at work in and through him, through his family, through these sponsors, and through the family of God here at Community Covenant Church. Father, we pray that Your grace would be alive and active, bringing him someday to the place where he will profess faith in Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray that he would grow to be a man of God, a man who would have impact and make a difference in the world for you. And Father, as we pray for him, we pray for the Clancy's. We pray, Father, that you would equip them, empower them, and assist them as they raise him. And we pray, Father, for our church, that we would be faithful not only to Robert James, but to the nurture and care of all of our children. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Congratulations. All right. Let's pray for our offering this morning. Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, even as this morning we have offered Robert James to You, so we come to You as Your children, trusting in You, dependent upon You. Father, we know that every good gift comes from Your hand. And so, Father, today as we are reminded of Your sovereign work of salvation, of Your new covenant, of Your grace, so, Father, we are reminded that You provide for us in all ways. This morning, Father, as we come to this time of offering, may we offer ourselves to You in a fresh 
in a new way. And as we do so, Father, we acknowledge that everything we have is a gift from Your hand. So this morning, at this time of offering, we are not giving You uh, what is ours, but we're giving back to You what belongs to You. And so, Father, would You bless this morning these gifts? Would You multiply them even as You did the loaves and the fishes? May others come to know the joy of our salvation in Jesus Christ. And as we give, Father, we ask that You would bless both gift and giver to the honor and glory of Your name. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we come to our time of uh, communion this morning, uh, I'm amazed. Uh, Jesus was a master teacher. You know that, don't you? Uh, He took um, ordinary things, things that people were accustomed to seeing, interacting with, uh, and He used them uh, in powerful ways. And as we come to communion, we're reminded that at that meal, Jesus had gathered His disciples, and it was the time of the Passover. And, and He took the Passover, and as you remember, the, the Jews celebrate Passover as a reminder of their deliverance from slavery and the bondage of Egypt, and, and how the Lord delivered them from that bondage. And so Jesus takes the Passover meal, and He gives it new meaning. And He attaches it to a a new covenant. A covenant of God's grace. He takes the bread and He takes the cup. Things that people are very familiar with. Things that people can see. They they can taste. It's tactile. They can experience it. And in giving it new meaning, uh, He reminds followers, His followers from that time forward, of a new kind of deliverance. A deliverance from the bondage of sin. That through His death and His resurrection, that we're going to be men and women who are set free. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If if any person be in Christ, they are a, a new creation. Behold, old things pass away, all things are becoming new. And so in something as simple as a cup and bread, He illustrates that He's going to be broken and His blood is going to be shed, poured out for you and for me that we might have forgiveness of sin and that we might enter into new life, eternal life. Uh, What a wonderful, uh, wonderful reminder And so we, united together as His followers, come and and we celebrate the table. But as I was preparing for um, communion this Sunday, I was reminded how Jesus took these elements, the bread and the cup, and and He gave it new meaning. Things that appear to be very ordinary that now have an extraordinary meaning for you and me. And I'm reminded how He does that with our lives, doesn't He? Uh, You and I can identify with the full experience of what it means to be human. And in that way, we have a a pretty common experience. Uh, 
And in that experience, um, there's joy and there's sorrow. Uh, There are times of brokenness, times of pain. It's entering into the fullness of all that it means to be human, right? And and for that, it's a pretty common experience to every man or woman who has walked the face of the earth. And yet, Jesus wants to give our life new meaning, new purpose. Uh, He wants to, to transform us in a way and fill us with His resurrection life that we too, as we live for Him, can have extraordinary meaning. You see, Jesus is about transforming the ordinary into something extraordinary. And so in that, there's power in ordinary when Jesus touches it, when Jesus gets a hold of it. Uh, I'm reminded of a story. Um, Lori and I were serving at a church in California. And uh, from its inception to the time that we were there, they had three different sanctuaries as the church grew. It was over 50 years old. And one of the old sanctuaries, they they turned into um, a multi-purpose room. But it still had colored glass in the windows from the days when it was a sanctuary. And there'd be all kinds of church events there. Well, one afternoon, there had been an event for older adults. And one lady got into her car in the parking lot just outside the door. And she was backing up, and she thought she was putting her foot on the brake, but she pressed the accelerator. And her car went back right through one of those windows. And that glass, that colored glass, just shattered everywhere. It was just a mess. Well, she was okay, luckily. A little bit of damage to her car. But the maintenance team at the church came, and as they were cleaning everything up, they, they swept up all this broken colored glass. And uh, they put it in a box, and they were taking it to the dumpster, to the trash can. And... Uh, Somebody, I forget who, it was one of the church staff, said, wait a minute, wait a minute, don't throw that away. You know, Lori McCarrow, she does stained glass windows, and maybe she can use that glass in some way. And they kind of looked and said, well, yeah, if she wants it, I guess she can have it. Because it was broken, and it didn't appear to have any value. I mean, it was destined for the trash heap, right? And so Lori got that box of glass, and she used it, to create a beautiful stained glass window. And the window was auctioned at the church mission auction. The church had an auction like ours coming up on October 15th here. And every year they'd have a silent auction and an auction and a dinner. And people would come and they would make bids on things. And and so this window that Lori did was put up for auction at that dinner. And as the auction began, someone raised their hand and said $25. Someone said $50. It went on and on. Then it was $100. Then it was $200. There was $300. There was $400. There was $500. Then it was $600. And these broken pieces of glass that were destined for the garbage can 
right? It, I mean, it wasn't really special glass. It was just colored. It was really ordinary glass, and now it's broken. Lori fashioned into a window that people bid hundreds of dollars for. Now, why did they do that? Because for some of those people, their children had been baptized in, in, that, in that building, or they had been married, or they had buried their spouse. There were significant life events that had happened in that building, and that, that glass meant something to them. And it was a, a wonderful, wonderful event, that auction. And that window went for a lot of money. In fact, after the auction, someone came to Lori and said, hey, could you make me another one? I'll pay whatever for it. I just want one. I want some of that glass. I, I want that. And as I think about that, I'm thinking about how the Lord takes you and me. Right? Like the, the plain sheet of colored glass. Even when we're broken, and people may look at us and think we don't really have any value or worth. Right? And, and He takes our life as only the Master can. And He reshapes it and reforms it and does something beautiful with it. Something of great value that other people see. And they say, wow. Look what the Master's done. Look what the Master can do with not only something that's ordinary or plain, but even something that's broken. Look how He restores it. Look how He gives it new life and new meaning. You see, there's power in the ordinary when the ordinary is in the hands of our Savior. Do you believe that? Do you know that? It's so true. And people see what was once broken and ordinary, and they see His life in it. And like that glass window, it begins to reflect and shine. And He gets glory and He gets honor. You know, as a church, all of us are called to be that glass in the Master's hand. And He works with each of us as a piece and He fashions us together into something beautiful. And there's power in the ordinary when we as a church are placed in the Master's hands and He does something beautiful in us and through us that He ascribes us such great value and meaning and worth. So much so that His Son, as we're reminded at communion would die for us. For God so loved that He gave His Son. For God so loved that He gives us forgiveness of sin. For God so loved that He gives us new life. A life with purpose and meaning. A life where He takes the ordinary and the broken and He fashions it into something that's heavenly. That's the truth. That's the good news of the Gospel. And so as we as a church move forward uh, next week as we begin to, to share the vision that God has given us as a church, our sense of mission, who we are, what we're about, as we talk about uh, priorities of living into that mission and how God wants to use every single one of us in that, we are going to declare that God 
has taken the ordinary. He's taken you and me together as a faith community in our brokenness with all our faults, all of our imperfections, and He is doing something beautiful with us. And that beauty is going to make Him known. Not only here in this church, in our community, in Alaska, and globally. I believe God's doing something special with us. And so this week, beginning today, we're entering into a week of prayer in preparation for next week as we begin to talk about where God's leading us as a church. And there is opportunity for all of us to pray. Here's a prayer guide that you can take home with you. It's out by the door as you leave. There's opportunity for different prayer events every day of the week that you can come and participate in. But we want to prepare ourselves. We want to acknowledge that the Lord is doing a work in us and through us. And we want to be His masterpiece. But that masterpiece is being built on the foundation of prayer. And so I want to invite you this week, if you would, um, to take one of these, to look for opportunity to participate and to pray into all that God is doing, wants to do, and will do in and through us here at Community Covenant. And so, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, the night before He went to His death on the cross, He gathered His disciples for that meal, and He broke bread. And having given thanks for it, He said, This is My body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, eat this in remembrance of Me. Afterwards, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Whenever you drink this, drink this in remembrance of me. So that whenever we take the cup and we eat the bread, we declare Christ's death until He comes again. And we declare that there's power in the ordinary when the extraordinary God gets a hold of our lives. This morning, I want to invite you to come um, to the table. There's tables in the back. There's a table here on my left, your right. Come, and as the, the Lord would lead, and as you're ready and prepared, Come, come, come expecting to encounter the real presence of Christ. Come with the expectation that as He works in your life, He's creating a masterpiece. That He's created something of great value and worth. Come and let Him affirm that in your heart and in the life of this church. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. Father, we thank You that You take the ordinary. You take things that are broken, things that are destined for the trash heap. And Lord, You recreate them. You give them new meaning and purpose. We thank You that in Christ we have new life. Father, we thank You that in Christ uh, You display 
your glory in us and through us. This morning as we come to this table, Father, we pray that we would encounter in a new and a fresh way the real presence of our Savior, that we would know his love, and in that love, Father, we would have a renewed sense of meaning and purpose. Father, we thank you for your transforming work in our heart and lives. We thank you for your work in our church. Father, we ask today that we would be shaken to our very core. Shaken, Lord, in a new way to know that you love us and that you have destined us to be your masterpiece. Lord, in you, we have untold value. We thank you for that. We thank you for the work of the cross. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Come as you're ready. And hold on to the cup and we'll take that together.
It's Christ that gives us hope. It's Christ that's our healer. It's Christ that in our brokenness we can experience wholeness. Let's drink together and celebrate our life in Christ.